Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. How I use my difference to make a difference is um, I really want to help people slow down a little bit and mm. think, mm. really, because in my world, it's so fast, moving so fast. Uh, if all you do is just have a system, a process that puts you in the cadence to think, decide what you want to do, commit, do it, and close that loop, it is simple, but it is hard. That's what I want to help people do. Because if you do that, you will succeed, I promise you. How you day, how you day. That was the voice of Patrick Tian. Patrick is all about performance. Patrick himself is an immigrant, as you see, who grew up in multiple parts of the world. So a lot of you listeners can relate to understanding how to embrace your identity and build a career for yourself. But the fascinating thing about his career is how he found a way to adapt to the different times. He's built businesses amongst the various busts and booms that we've had in our business culture. And I found that even even though we didn't always agree on everything, his process and ability to come up with frameworks is something that maybe someone who's an aspiring entrepreneur can use and apply or someone who's an existing business leader can use and apply as always i want you to check out the resources that are listed in the show notes see if it's for you share and just spread knowledge you know let's do a little bit more spreading knowledge today the more knowledge we spread i feel like the closer we get to each other and the closer we get to understanding each other and today's episode is no different in trying to bridge whatever divides may exist one note on the podcast itself Please leave a review. Spotify, Apple Podcast, all these places, it really helps the podcast, the visibility of the podcast. And uh, we wanted to continue ranking. So thank you so much for your support and enjoy the episode. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of As Told by Nomads. And today's guest is Patrick Tian. Now, Patrick is an international speaker, CEO, coach, serial entrepreneur, and a USA Today and Wall Street Journal best-selling author. His work has been seen on NBC, CBS, and Fox. Patrick was Ernst Young Entrepreneur of the Year in 1996 for North Carolina as his grew his first company to number 151 on the Inc. 500. Now it's Five, it's Inc. Five Thousand now, but uh, after right, right, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was you were that was well prestigious then, and it's still even more prestigious. By the way, now. even the even the Inc. Five Hundred experienced inflation, right? Uh, can you imagine? <laughs> can you imagine we're having all these <laughs> all these economic disasters? But 
After a successful exit, he's been on a mission to help CEOs build great companies and achieve their dreams. So today we're going to be talking about his simple system to help your team execute better and faster. Welcome to the show, Patrick. Hey, thank you very much for inviting me. It's a pleasure to be here. Pleasure is mine. I, you know, I got to ask you because you know we were talking earlier from Singapore. You said, and yes, you initially had a, a British accent, a pseudo British accent, right? Because of pseudo British, yes, yeah, pseudo. You know, because you know yeah. I'm from Nigeria. We were colonized by 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 England, and so there are all all these influences. But you come to the United States, North Carolina. What was it like initially navigating all these cultures, and why did you decide to come to the United States? Well, you know, I came to the U.S. to study. And so mm. I came in for my, my university. Uh, that's mm. one piece of culture change right there. I still yeah. say university, whereas it's really college in the U.S. But I came in for university. Uh, I went to Cornell University. I met my wife there. And um, I had to go back to Singapore because we all have to serve two years military service. When I was mm. doing it, it was two and a half. Now we're weaker. So it's two Two years. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> Look at him. You're the shots already. Okay. Oh, so yeah. two and a half. I, I said that for my I said that for my nephews who had who have who have all done two years, but I I did two and a half, man. You, you did the extra <clears throat> I'm strong. So so two and a half years, and then I came back and I stayed and worked here because I fell in love with this wonderful, wonderful girl and I stayed in the US. So yeah. that's my that's my dream. Love, love, yeah. you know, love is one of the reasons. And it, the interesting thing about you, though, is you said, I said in the intro, you've built a company to 151 out of 500, right? So that was, you were in the top quadrant for there. What was it like for you building a business in the 90s? You know, this is right with yes. the, tech, the first tech boom, right? Uh, dot, dot com. It wasn't even the boom. It wasn't even the boom, actually. The dot, the dot com, the history, the dot com stuff really started in the mid late 90s and the boom was in full flight <clears throat> and towards the you know just before the turn of the century and that was when I built my second company mindblazer.com but my first company was a supply chain software company uh, I, I was with Oracle Corporation for about two years and nine months joined them straight out of school and then from there I, I started a software company that did transportation software very fortunate not strategic but very fortunate you know, I, I always say I like to, I'd rather be lucky than smart. So yeah. I was very lucky, you know, uh, built a, a software company with a supply chain and the enterprise software market was very hot. So I grew that company from in 91, from 91 to, to 98, seven years. And then we hit about 25 million in sales. And then I sold the company. Um, and, and that was kind of my, my origin story. Now, when we did that, what was it like? I mean, from the outside looking in, the company's very successful. From the inside looking out, it was really one crisis to another to another. And I don't even know how we survived, but we survived. And then one day we were successful. So I learned along the way through the school of hot knocks that execution is really the key. I found that most people I've talked to, and I've met a few thousand companies by now uh, in my journeys over the last 20 years. I've been doing stuff for almost 20 years and um, met a few thousand companies. And most of the companies I meet, they don't really need a new strategy. The ones who are not doing well really fail to deliver on the commitments that they made. And that's really execution. Uh, and so my, my, my goal today is really simple. I help CEOs not fail, which means achieve their commitments, and then go on to achieve their dreams. That's, that's what we do. We do this for our, our, our customers as well as for our employees. And 
everybody that we meet, I want to help them to succeed and achieve their dreams. That's what we do now. I, I love that so much. I was listening to a podcast you want, and you you had brought that. You made that statement. CEOs and companies fail because of execution. And that's what you said. And then lack, you of, went, lack of execution. I'm sorry, yes. because of lack of spray. That's what thank you for the correction. Because of lack of execution. And then you went on to say, in addition to this lack of um, execution, you're saying that a lot of CEOs and leaders actually they don't stop, they don't think, they don't plan, they don't do. They just, you know, continue down that cycle of doing, doing, doing without reflecting instead of yes. stopping and thinking and planning before the doing. Yes. It's hard, right? I mean, you know, I tell you, um, when I was running my first company, uh, it, it, there was always too much to do. I mean, you finish the day and 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 you haven't finished your stack. And tomorrow that stack gets bigger. So I know how it feels as a, as a CEO growing a business. There's always too much to do. So something I learned a long time ago in reflection that uh, and somebody taught me this, uh, that um, if I just decided, you know, use the Stephen Covey process of pick my top three goals for the day uh, and get them done. So what I did was I added to that. I said, okay, I'm going to pick three things to do for the day. And if I get that done, I've had a great day. I am <laughs> done. I am done. And everything above that is just bonus. So today, in my language, I call that super green. Green is the goal. Super green is a stretch goal. So if I get my three things done for today, it's a great day. And then everything else is super green. So that way, you have a sense of accomplishment. Otherwise, you know, guys and gals who are as busy as us, we don't have a sense of accomplishment. We we only have a sense of of solving one problem to the next problem to the next problem. And the day ends and it's like, midnight and uh we're not done yeah <laughs> tomorrow no. we'll be again so well, well, you know, but then you, you then that i, I want to ask you then is because we've gone through several waves right I, i'm very sure in the 90s and a lot of times a lot of the entrepreneurs of the 90s early 2000s some of them are still the billionaires of the world today right a lot of them will say i'll bring up um elon musk for a reason uh here he he's fond of bringing this hustle 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 culture right you have to Yes. work at all these things and then there are other entrepreneurs like him who do that but in today's world we have younger entrepreneurs who are sometimes pushing back against that but i have here i've heard feedback on both sides you're too soft what the heck is that back in my day what yeah. do you mean now you want remote yeah. one hybrid so how do you handle <laughs> these competing yeah. work cultures where they have different yes. ways of doing the same thing yeah well the first thing i'll say on your show is that i am a big fan of elon musk i think he is a uh, one in the century brain, you know, uh, it's, he's a very unique, amazing person. And he's right. You know, he's recording. You think he's said, right. You and I disagree for the first time today he's, he's <laughs> on right. both of those. <laughs> he's, he's right in the sense of, of what he wants to accomplish. Okay. So he says, you can't change the world on 50 hours a week. That's a very interesting statement. You know why? Yeah. Because that, he, didn't, he didn't say you can't change the world on 40 hours a week, which is the regular work week. He says, you can't change the world on 50 hours a week. So what that tells you is that if you want to go work for Elon Musk, you better expect to work your butt off. Mm. And that's the equation. So, so he's right for him. So if you don't want to work 50, 60, 70 hours a week, don't go to Tesla or SpaceX. Right? Don't go there and complain that he's asking you to work too hard because that's what he wants. Nobody forced you to go there. So he's pretty clear on what he wants, right or wrong. I'm not debating whether it's right or wrong. I'm just saying he's pretty clear about what he wants. And I think that that's the first thing I'll share with you is I think for us to be successful today, 
we got to be clear on what we want. And sometimes I think that we are too afraid to say what we really want. Mm. And we're afraid that people will judge us, that people won't like us, or people don't want to work for us. And I'll tell you that um, there's lots of people that want to work for Elon Musk. Uh, just like the lots of people who don't want to work for Elon Musk. This is true. It's the beauty of living in the USA. It's like you don't have to work for anyone you don't want to. I, I think that's fantastic. So to answer your question, hustle, 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 or balance, I think it's both. So this is what I call the power of the A and D. You know, it's A and B, not A or B. And so, for example, my company, we are very, like, we're very loving. My firm, we're very loving. We only have 25 people here, so we're a small firm. However, we also demand performance. So there is a myth out there that says, hey, if you're a nice guy, you're probably not demanding. Mm. You're probably not performance-oriented. If you're a performance-oriented guy or gal, you're probably a jerk. And I'm saying, no, it doesn't have to be that way. You can be nice and performance oriented. You can do both. So yeah. I do think that it, you have to embrace uh, the need for performance. And then you decide what kind of company you want to design. So today at Rhythm Systems, we have a very uh, family friendly culture. And I and I love that my, my one of our core values, you know, is is. Um, is is about is about the family and it's about making sure that you know actually it's family is a blessing is what we say so uh, i want to make sure my my folks take care of their families and if we have to cover for each other while they do that we'll do that but that doesn't mean that when they come to work they don't have to perform yeah so yeah. you gotta perform buddy <laughs> but at the same time i want you to take care of your family so That's if you've right. got a family thing going on we're gonna cover for you but we're not gonna not perform as a company so it's that's how we embrace both. And I think that's that's important. I'm with you. I mean, in, in my work, a lot of what we do is both and, right? That's what we call, you know, embrace the art of nuance is what we say. And so uh, yes. I, I, yeah, I, I think we were made to believe that we have this polar, you know, just either or yeah. both and. We're like binary, the, right? We're yeah, binary. Yes. Binary. So I, so yes. this is what I would say. I say we we live in a world of nuance governed by binary systems. But we don't have yeah. to have those binary systems if we actually understand the fullness of who you are. I love the fact that you brought family because I think sometimes people forget about that in terms of coming into the workplace. But we can't deny that people, a lot of people believe on the extremes, right? And so one of the things I was, yes. I was discussing with um, your publicist, your publicist has said, you believe that we shouldn't avoid those tough conversations, okay? Mm. Uh, um we need to yes. lean into the spicy conversations. Spicy, so, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, what, what are the tips that you have for, for us to do that? Because not everybody feels like they're confrontational. Yes. So I do. So you know where spicy came from? I, mm. I'm from Singapore. One of my favorite foods is this dish called laksa. Mm. It's a curry dish, noodles, Ooh. some seafood in it, some chicken. Oh, it is so delish. They do it right. It's also spicy. Yeah. When you eat it, it's like, oh, it's spicy. And then you want to drink some water to kind of calm yourself down. And you start sweating. Yeah. But it tastes so good, you go for more. Yeah. That's why I call it spicy conversation. Because you're going to have the conversation. And you start sweating. You think, oh, my God, I don't want to have this conversation. Uh, this is terrible. This is terrible. And then you have it. And the outcome is usually good. You think about it. The outcome of these tough discussions, usually good. I usually have people go, Wow, that was really brave of you. Um, thank you. Uh, wow, why didn't we do that earlier? I usually don't have people say, 
you know, I can't believe you brought that up. You know, what a jerk. Now, of course, how you do it is important too. Yes, so yeah. I think that the, the couple of things I would say, the, the first is that mentally you've got to really, because it takes a lot of courage. So let's not deny that it's a tough thing to do. It takes courage. Uh, so mentally, I would suggest, first of all, that um, you've got to realize that whatever you're not dealing with today is going to become much bigger tomorrow. So we've got to understand that. And so you've heard the, the question, how do you eat an elephant, right? One bite at a time. I say no to that. I say, mm. forget that. I just want to eat the baby elephant. <laughs> <laughs> because if you have a seven ton elephant and you eat it one bite at a time, you still have to digest a seven ton elephant. That is hard, man. That is hard. I'd rather just eat the baby elephant. It's easier. So, so you kind of have to realize that first, it takes courage. Second, you have to believe that this is going to become a seven-ton elephant. Therefore, let's just eat the baby elephant. It's much easier today. So you've, you've armed with courage, armed with um, understanding that there's a big return for you. The big return is you have to deal with a seven-ton elephant later. That helps me and my staff and my, my, my friends have that spicy conversation. The third part is intentionality. intentionality. You got to be intentional. You go, okay, I got it. We got a problem. Uh, and I got to deal with it now. You got to be intentional and say, it's going to become a huge elephant. Let's, let's deal with it right now. So it, it, when you do that and you do it with compassion and empathy, uh, you know, and all the other good things, right? I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. You do it for the other person, not for your ego. So yes. you put all those ingredients in that's a beautiful laksa dish uh you know i i love that you i could tell you're such a writer the way you're, you're thinking because of the analogy but you know before i dive into systems i really want to just point out something because you might not notice i know you're a big fan of elon but i'm not necessarily the biggest fan but you and i come to the agreement that there is some yes. benefit in all that and the reason i brought that point here up is that can exist where you can have a dialogue, right? Whether we have similar, yes. different worldviews on, on who someone is, where you take what you understand is good. Your comment of what he's saying is right for it to change the world. However, you also have the choice of whether you can go work for him and then you can find that, that nuance there. Sometimes in today's world, you, you've been in the United States longer than I have. You know, I came here in 2007, but I, you know, I, I grew up all over too. And it's interesting yes. as we try to navigate the culture wars, interestingly, with different worldviews, sometimes I think we forget that empathy, the, the idea of to humanize and say, okay, you know what? 
even though I don't agree, but I just want to hear how you got to where you got to, which is what you were talking about. Stop, think, plan, do, right? <laughs> so let me yes. understand your process and your rhythm. And yeah. then I'll tell yeah. you my process and my rhythm. And maybe there's some intersection yeah. there. <laughs> so, yes. So that th there's that there. Yeah. And, and usually if you really pay attention and you're really curious, you can always learn something from someone, yes. no matter how many times you've met that person. So one of my favorite clients is Mike Prager. Mike Prager is the CEO of Abbott Exchange right here in Charlotte. Mm. He's been my customer for 23 years, 23 years from zero to his IPO uh, back in October 2019, uh, 2021 until today. He's a public company on, on NASDAQ. And um, I coach Mike every month. Now, how do you coach someone for 23 years and still be excited to go see the guy is because I've maintained a lot of curiosity. I ask myself, what's Mike going to show me about Mike today that I don't already know? Mm. And I would suggest that if we take that curiosity mindset and apply that to our marriages and relationships and all that, life would be much, much better. 100%. So, yeah. so that's uh, that's how I look at it is, is, is I am naturally a curious person, but I've mm. tried to intentionally accentuate that even further. As curious as I am, I'm not curious enough. And therefore, I want to start with curiosity. You know, Stephen Covey's Seek First to Understand. Uh, if you are really, really curious, you don't really have to become a seeker of understanding. I mean, it's all, it's all, it's all one thing. Like I get a lot of leaders who say to me, Patrick, can you teach me how to be a better listener? So we got all these methods, you know, close your computer, make eye contact, be an active listener, lean forward, all those work. However, if you just said, you know what, today I commit to being curious about you, about what we're about to talk about, boom, you have no listening problems. I mean, how are you going to be curious about something and not listen? Yeah. <laughs> not possible. Right? It's not. No, no, I love that. that that's so done. That's well said. The, so the I think it starts with that curiosity, then you mm -hmm. can have empathy and you put that together and you learn something. And also just, you know, listening with intention. That's the thing that you're, you're, you're highlighting and not listening to just, you know, respond. So there's, yes. there's that element as well. I, I want to leave the audience with something actionable, right? So a lot of the audience, they're entrepreneurial, they're thinking about changing the world. Uh, and they're trying to do something where they can excite their audience and um, their team members rather. How about how sometimes they struggle with holding them accountable or establishing effective KPIs, you know, key performance indicators. Yes. What are some things you can say to the audience in that sense? So I would say that most people, when they talk about accountability, they, they come from it incorrectly. Like somebody calls me all the time. I get this phone call all the time. Patrick, can you please come here? Help me hold this guy accountable. Usually what they, they really mean is, how do I dish out the consequences? Like we've already gone past the point of accountability. So to me, accountability starts at the beginning. When we begin a project, let's talk about number one, why, why we're doing this so that you and I can be aligned on what's really important, understand your role, the expectations, and then understand how we're going to help each other, how I'm going to help you. And then what am I going to hold you accountable for? That has to be set up from the very beginning. And then we should be unafraid to share about consequences. Hey, if you do this right for the company, great opportunities. If you do this wrong for the company, we'll, we'll lose uh, profitability and EBITDA or whatever. I mean, there's some negative consequences. Therefore, your job is important. So you have that discussion. And then now 
the my mindset is I'm holding you accountable for you to be successful. Because if you're not successful now, you won't be successful later on in your career. So I'm really holding you accountable to get the job done. It's great for your resume. It's great for the company. And it will make you successful. So because of that, I want us to race towards that kind of accountability versus uh, it's a tough conversation. Because when you say it's a tough conversation, you've really passed that line where you really should have had the conversation earlier when it wasn't a tough conversation. Yeah. Right? Pre-spicy. Yeah. Now it's spicy. <laughs> <laughs> no, that, that's that's great. And then the the things you have, you have the super green, the green, yellow, and red. Yeah. So we call this red, yellow, green. So, you know, smart goals, right? Specific, measurable, attainable, time frame, et cetera. Uh, that's easy acronym, but it's hard for people to remember how to do that. So for me, if you put a red, yellow, green on it with a person's name and a deadline, it's smart. So green is the goal. you got to be able to describe what the goal looks like. Red is interesting. Red, I call it the gift of red. Red is what is a level of unacceptable performance. <laughs> unacceptable. Yes. You, okay? So you should know this. If you perform below this point, I'm not happy with you. Don't perform below this point and expect me to be happy with you. And then super green is a stretch goal because most ambitious people need a stretch goal. So we put that together and now you have a beautiful way to talk about your goals, to talk about success, and to also, also talk about what, what's not working. I had a CEO say to me, Patrick, look at your system. I love that you're giving me a way to tell my people that something is unacceptable. She said, before you arrive, we did not use two words. We didn't use unacceptable and failure. So, but there is failure. Let's yeah. just talk about it. Let's hide from it. So that red, yellow, green, super green, that puts that in the conversation and gives you a communication process so that it's it's easy to do that. My experience working with companies, it's often a lot of CEOs and leaders have a hard time hearing what's not working or even dealing with transparency, which I, it's, it's so, yeah. and I, 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 when I would talk, I, I consult with them, I would say, look, it, this doesn't make you weak. We brought, we've used weak a few times. I think people need to redefine their relationships with weakness or failure yes. because they feel like if, if they admit that they instituted something or they brought someone on and it didn't get to the best results, that means that that reflects on them as a CEO. And so they don't want to come across, you know, across as a failure or they wouldn't even say what's unacceptable because they don't want to come across as harsh, but then the problem still continues. And then you yes. fire the person, but you never even gave the person a chance to do that in the first place. So it's like all these mistakes that happen in the in the interim yeah. that could be fixed. Yeah. And it's really fixed of mindset, right? Yeah. It's really fixed of a mindset. Yes. You you've brought up a couple of mindsets. The first mindset yeah. you mentioned is one of the ego mindset. I'm the CEO. I can't afford to be weak. Uh it's good. that's the ego mindset. So we can diffuse that and accept that okay, actually by being soft I can achieve more. By being vulnerable, I can achieve more. Yeah. Suddenly you realize that let's not let's not let myself get in the way. The second mindset I would suggest is that uh, I call this the gift of red. When the, when someone comes in and says, "Hey, I've got bad news for you. This thing's not working," I call that the gift of red because why? That accident or train wreck is going to happen, and it's going to happen. Let's say three weeks from now. Yeah. But somebody walked in today and said, Patrick. I see a train wreck that's about to happen. I call that a gift because you just gave me three weeks to figure out how to avoid that train wreck. That's beautiful. So I celebrate that. I would say, so it's a mindset. 
If you believe that this gift of red is a leading indicator to an impending disaster, you got to be thankful, man. You got to be thankful that somebody just told you an earthquake's about to hit you, better get out of town, or something's about to happen here, better go fix that. I view that as a gift. Yeah. Um, and so your mindset now changes how you react to the person because the person comes in and says, I got bad news for you. Bad news is really good news. So tell me, tell me. The person tells you and you go, first thing you have to say, doesn't matter how you feel, is you smile and you say thank you. That's it. You don't have to argue it. It doesn't even have to be right. <laughs> it doesn't even have to be right. It's now your job to go figure out if that's right, right? If somebody yeah. says, hey, this, this project's about to crash and burn. Okay, thank you. I'm going to go figure out if that's true. But thanks for warning me. And then maybe <laughs> it's not true. But hey, it's it's thank you. No yeah. matter how you feel. Because if you if you um if you reprimand the messenger, that's the last time you're gonna get any leading indicators to the to disasters. Because people are gonna go, he just shot me, I'm just the messenger. I'm never gonna give you any more truth before it happens. Right. It's true. So you, yeah. you want you want things to come at you quicker than they happen so that you have time to resolve them. Yeah, you have to create that environment where people feel safe enough to even do that in the first place. And so, and that is a mistake I see a lot of CEOs make is is they want truth, yeah. but then, but they're creating the environment. You know, somebody gives them the truth and they go, "What the hell's wrong with you? How the heck did you allow that to happen? Whoa, yeah. whoa, take the heat down!" Like yeah. that's the last time that person's going to come back. Yeah, <laughs> right. They, they, won't, they won't come back in your so. Where can people get your book? Because I, I I don't want to give everything away. But in your book, you know, you you dive into you have so many case studies and you have all these other examples. How can people get it first of all? And how can they contact? So, if they want go to Amazon, right? Go to Amazon, look for Rhythm, and it's right there. It's on Amazon, okay. um, and um, yeah, and you can give away all the secrets of my book because what I want to do is help as many people as I can achieve their dreams. So it that's what it's for. Yes. We'll make sure I put that in the show notes. Yeah, one, one, one of the secrets that you discuss is, I, I don't know, I think I was listening to a podcast you said, is you had brought up, I think, Miss Olympia, Mr. Olympia, and you talked about the process of how, you know, you see, I think it was the seventh time Mr. Olympia. I can't remember if it's his name correctly, but you were talking about the process that he had, he must have a rhythm for him to get to the point of doing something consistently rep repetitively. Yes. And a lot of CEOs. Yeah, I was on a can podcast where, where that gentleman's guest, the, previous to me, he had a guest. That was Mr. Universe seven times. Yes, that's what it was. And what I said in that podcast was that he must have a system to grow his muscles, right? Uh, I yeah. mean, he's a specimen. So to me, uh, my, my book, Rhythm, helps you to think, plan, and do. It's really simple, but it is a framework that will grow your company's muscles. So for example, when we start with a company, lots of times people call me in when they're having problems. When they're having problems, that typically means that that area of the corporate body is not well-developed, which means mm -hmm. they don't have very good muscles. So for example, if you don't have a good uh, KPI system to measure your progress, those muscles are lacking. We're going to build those muscles. So my system is going to help you build the muscles of your company. Some muscles are weaker than others. Some are stronger. So some, some parts of the book are going to be harder for you to do. Uh, than other parts and everyone's going to find easy parts and hard parts but those are all muscles that need to be developed to yeah. make your company strong 
And even to further this analogy, if you're thinking about the, the, the corporate body and the corporate mind, those things have to work together. But then the KPI yes. systems, right, which your company used to have, is also the same thing that yeah. any Mr. Olympia will be measuring. Like the progress this week, I'm gaining, I'm cutting, um, I, need right. to, I need to stop eating this or eat more of that. And so it's the same thing with the company. Well, I need to stop hiring Absolutely. this or do that, right? You have to figure that part right. out. Right. And, that, and that's in constant the reflection. Yes. Yes. And you know, one, one mistake that a lot of companies make is they have KPIs, which are only results oriented. Yes. Uh, I suggest that all companies should have results measurements, but they should also have leading indicators, things that point that point to what's about to happen, predict. So for example, a simple one, we didn't close enough sales this quarter. Well, that shouldn't be a surprise if you had looked at how many proposals and meetings that you were having. Like you didn't just wake up today and go, yeah, crap, I didn't close enough sales. No, you would have failed three weeks ago because you didn't have enough meetings, enough proposals, enough that kind of stuff, right? So, huh. so huh. many people don't realize that. Just look behind you, look behind you a little bit. What can you measure so that you don't get surprised three, four weeks from now? You should have known. But that's got to be hard, Patrick, because now I love that you said that, but how do you measure something that could have led to the disaster? This is yeah. the, how does that even. How do you, how does that come yeah. into the KPI? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yes. Now wow. you're gonna buy the book, read it. No, okay, but, okay. Uh, In the book, you will find out how you can measure that. But I, I I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll leave the audience with that because that's incredible. Because um, I think that's a lot of what a lot of CEOs basically want to to solve. Like, how can I make sure I'm not in the news? I can't, you know, and I end up doing that. But Magic sauces in the book. So we'll make sure we put that in the show notes. Uh, Patrick, my final question for you is this. My mission statement is use your difference to make a difference. How do you use your difference to make a difference? How I use my difference to make a difference is um, I really want to help people slow down a little bit and mm. think, mm. really, because in my world, it's so fast, moving so fast. Uh, if all you do is just have a system, a process that puts you in the cadence to think, decide what you want to do, commit, do it, and close that loop, it is simple, but it is hard. That's what I want to help people do. Because if you do that, you will succeed, I promise you. No. You will not fail. There you go. There you go. That's an incredible way to use your difference to make a difference. I want to thank you, Patrick. This has been very effective. I, I love the examples you gave and uh, they're all action oriented. Those are my favorite types of, uh, you know, guests and conversations I have. So thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you for inviting me. I had a great time today. The pleasure's mine. Kings, queens of royalty. Until next time, use a difference to make a difference. You've just been listening to the As Told by Nomads podcast. For more ways to reach out to Tayo and to use your difference to make a difference, head over to www.tayoroxon.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. 
Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 